Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. That's what they teach. 
Southern, the uh, Seventh-day Adventists are the most popular denomination that teaches that. But we're going to put that lie to bed, Lord willing, with the Word of God, not with my opinion, but with the Word of God. I, I just told you an opinion because they have no scripture to back up their hard position. I'll explain why. I mean, they think they do, and on the face, face value, you'll see why they do why they teach what they do. Um, on, on that little note, turn to uh, Second Kings, brother uh, brother Dave. I think it's Second Kings. Okay. Uh, is it Second Kings? Shoot. can't remember if it is or not. It's all anyway. We don't just stay where you're at. I'll I'll explain it. Everybody, if you haven't read the Word of God, then then um, you need to read the book, okay? Because you'll see it all through the Old Testament, where it says, "And that so Jacob died and and slept with his fathers." That's the main uh, sentence. And if you if you read the Old Testament all the time, don't know anything about the Pauline epistles and the advanced revelation given to Paul, then that's all you'll know. You'll skip over for what the Lord, when the, what the Lord, the Lord plainly tells you Himself out of His own mouth. If you pay attention to what you read, but anyway, having said that, Brother Dave, go ahead. Is there any prayer requests, by the way, tonight? Any of the guests, you have any prayer requests? Wants to take to the Lord. I have one. I want y'all to pray for a girl named Allison and her daughter. It's um, it's the first time I've mentioned them. That's uh, some of the people that uh, it's a a poor young lady that was dumped by her uh, by her husband and has absolutely nothing and and um, she finally got a job down here at the Dollar General and I met them a while back. A beautiful little girl, and uh, just remember them when you pray. But I'll give you guys give them a chance to write any prayer requests in um, the chat room. I talked to Brother Steve and Julie Greenup yesterday. It's the first time in in two years that I've talked with them. I think it, it just seems like yesterday, and they've been gone for quite a while. But Brother Steve. Has had multiple surgeries and he almost died. His intestines uh, exploded on the inside and poisoned his whole body. And he stayed in the um, intensive care for a month and had a real rough time. They only gave him a small chance to make it through, but the Lord pulled him through. And uh, he's in good spirits now. We had we we talked for over an hour, and they both said to tell all y'all hello as well. And they're going to start trying to come back to the program, which will be a blessing. They used to be uh, solid as rock. But um, they're going through the trials and tribulations right now. Brother Sergio uh, always says hello. Didn't I heard from Brother... Yeah, I did. I heard from uh, Brother Joe this week. He's doing okay. He was just short email. Said, tell you chaps Hello. Hadn't heard from Brother Brian. I did get a small, I got a, uh, 
just a small hope you get well thing on Facebook from him and Brother Merv. I don't know why what's going on about the Facebook business from overseas to um, from Great Britain to about Facebook. I don't understand that. I still don't understand it. Oh, I had heard uh, from Maureen that uh, Brother Merv's brother-in-law came out of that uh, surgery uh, doing pretty good, the one that had to remove his stomach. Mm, okay. So that's just an update on that. I, I saw a picture of him. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Don't know if he's saved yet or anything like that. But uh, keep praying for for him. But uh, he made it out of the surgery. Amen. So there's the you know the prayer the, the prayer warriors working. And please, whatever you guys that that actually do pray, do not forget my daughter's unspoken request. That is a very yes. very very important. Yes. Yes. Thanks for reminding me, brother. Brother Lipsy and his mom as well. He did make the comment that uh, that's probably the only reason his mother's alive. I know just um, she remember she was in the hospital and doing very bad not all that long ago, and now she's she even drove the other day. That's amazing. Wow, uh, eighty-eight years old man, and that, she's gotten better, and um, she thrives on 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 the on all y'all's prayers and said to say thank you from the depths of her heart. A good godly woman. I think I keep thinking I'm forgetting somebody that asked for some prayer. Also don't forget Brother Tony Adams and his family, as always. There's somebody A lot, a lot of these people, I don't write it down. I'll be on the telephone, and they'll. If I don't write it down, I'll forget it. Usually, I don't forget. But this, this person, I forgot. I can't think of who it, who it was. Maybe getting it confused with Brother Steve and Sister Julie. But anyway, go ahead and open us in a word of prayer, Brother Dave, if you don't mind. Okay, Father, in Jesus' name, we give you thanks for this day. And we come, Lord Jesus, we come tonight that we could honor and glorify you, that we could speak of the word, capital W, which is you. And we ask that you, Lord Jesus, anoint the word, small w, tonight, and anoint us to hear the word by the Holy Spirit. I pray that the Holy Spirit would minister through Pastor Don and minister the word of God and teach this false doctrine that people would come to realize who've been raised under this doctrine that it's false, that soul sleep is false. Bodies lie in the grave, but souls and spirits don't. And Lord, I pray tonight that that people would have an open heart and an open mind to see what the word of God says. And I know that's very hard for some people who have think that certain doctrines they've believed since they were small children are in are wrong and they've believed them all their life. They shirk away in fear, I think, and pain when they have to face these things. Lord, I, I pray that 
not just in reference to this, but in reference to any doctrine or any words that we believe Scripture says that are false, that yes. you would begin to reveal them to us on yes. a one-on-one -on -one basis as well as to this body. Yes, Lord. And, Lord, I lift up to you tonight Allison and her daughter. I pray, Lord, that they would come to you and seek you and that you would be their provider and you would be the one who is their caregiver, Lord, looking over them, protecting them. And I pray, Lord, for Allison's daughter that she would come to know the Lord Jesus Christ and have a close relationship with the Lord and the Lord Jesus Christ would act personally as that little girl's father and that she would know even in when she goes to bed at night, that she would sense the presence of the Lord and the love of God touching her and blessing her in her inner person, in her soul, and communicating with her on her level. And Lord, I also pray for Steve and Julie. Lord, I thank you that you saved Brother Steve and that physically and that you have a plan for him. It's not, he doesn't get out that easy. It's not over yet for him. He's got work to do. So I hope you give him a, a stiff back, Lord, and a stiff will to yes. get up and to do what he's called to do. And Father, I pray for Sister Julie that you give her patience and endurance to be able to go through all these things and to help care for Steve. I pray that they both grow in love and adoration of the Lord through all these things, through pain and suffering, and they come to a further re realization of the truth and a closer relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray for Sister Cammie's unspoken request. Lord, I thank you that you are indeed giving that unspoken request, that it's in your hands and you are honoring the prayers and honoring the work of this woman who works hard and labors for you. And Lord, I also lift up to you, Brother Tony Adams and his family. Lord, I, I pray for their continued health and I pray that you continue to speak to them and use them to minister to those around them. And I lift up to you, Steve Lipsy's mother, I pray, Lord, that you would continue to bless her with your presence, that you would minister to her, that she'd be strong in her body, and that she'd be a prayer warrior for Jesus Christ. I pray all these things in Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen. And uh, I will tell you folks that support this ministry that uh, there, there's two families that are very thankful. I'll tell you all that. All you need to know, you'll find out in heaven. Hallelujah. Find out in heaven. One of them is Allison and her child. I, since I mentioned that, you probably done figured that out, though. Um, but um, that was some of the people I was talking about the other night. Anyway, uh, something I want before I get into this soul sleep business, I wanted to talk about Jesus Christ for just a second. Amen. Always good to talk about Jesus Christ. 
Something a lot of you namers don't understand. I've never even mentioned this to you before, but I'm going to tell you this. God is a spirit, okay? And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The letters Y-H-W-H is just what God is. God the man is Jesus Christ. That's that's the reason when you hear me describe Jesus Christ about um, 1 Timothy 3.16, 3.15 says, mystery of godliness, God manifest in the flesh. You hear me say the essence of God manifest in the flesh, talking about Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ. um, Real quick, Brother Chad, turn to um, 1 uh, John chapter 5. And I'll show you people what I'm talking about. I'll give you the verses in just a second. But um, all this arguing, all this Yahweh, Shua, all this stuff, thinking you got something, those letters are just God's way of bringing himself forward as, in in say, in type anthropomorphically. Okay, in other words... Just giving you a name, the, the name, the name, the name. You hear about the name, Yahweh, Yehudi, Yahweh. All that is is what God is. All the, those letters. That's the reason it doesn't have vowels. Okay? I'm going to let the Word of God tell you. If you want, to, you want to know who the one true God is, I'm fixing to let the Bible tell you where you know where your attention should be centered. There's a reason. For Colossians chapter 1. There's a reason for Revelation chapter 4 verse 11. There's a reason for Ephesians chapter 4. And I'm fixing to show you. I'm going to show you how wrong you've been. I'm going to let the Bible show you how wrong you've been. Okay? And it was, it's so, those were J, the J, E in the English. So important that you understand why it's that way. When God j- dropped the J-E off of, J- of Jeconiah, he dropped the J-E because it was too close to what he is, Jehovah. If you want to put vowels in like the King James did, instead of just Y-H-W-H, Y's, J is the Y in English. Instead of Y, it's J in the English, Hebrews Y. Y-H-W-H, okay? I'm going to show you, this is, you believe that this is the Word of God, you're Bible believer, correct? You believe what you, you believe the Word of God, right? Amen. Okay, read the last two verses in 1 John chapter 5, Brother Chad. Let this settle forever in your mind, this controversy in you and the ones of, I don't know who you are, who I'm speaking to. But if this doesn't settle it in your mind forever, you're not a Bible believer. Okay? Fishing to show you the one true God. Because he came in the flesh. I'm, just, just, I'm, I'm not going to explain this now. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit explain it to you through the word of God. Brother Chad, last two verses in 1 John chapter 5. 1 John 5 and 20. And we know that the Son of God is come. And hath given us an understanding 
that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Do I have to explain anything else anymore? (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? It's interesting you bring that up, brother, because I I just saw a little, um, a a former namer, and he he made an apt point that uh, Jesus came to reveal the Father in the New Testament. Does he refer to him as anything other than Father? No. Read, read those two verses again. Let the Word of God tell them one more time. See, this, mean, is, this isn't that old mean Apostle Paul. It, 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 this, is, <laughs> this, is, this is Brother John, the one that leaned on Christ's breast. Yeah, the one that, the one that Christ loved. The one loved. Jesus loved, right. Yeah. Yeah. Read those two verses again. So I, I'm t- I, don't want, I don't want to hear no more of it. If you, you argue with God, okay? This is his book. Argue with the Holy Spirit. He's the one that penned, John penned this, okay, yeah. through inspiration of the Holy Ghost. So argue with, uh, that's why he's the name above every name. That's the word J-E, Jesus, Jesus saved, Jehovah saves. That's the meaning of the word, okay? That's the meaning of the word. The, the, S, the God, the Spirit, for they that... That's the reason Jesus said, no man has seen the Father at any time. But if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So I'll explain that. I'll I'll bring that up later on when we're talking about body, soul, and spirit. Jesus Christ is the one true God, not according to Brother Don Spears, but according to Brother John the Apostle and the Word of God. Read it again, Brother. Yes, amen. 1 John 5 and 20. And we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Amen. Can you get any clearer, brethren? That's very clear, John didn't mince any words there. He, yeah, did he, Brother Dave, is it, can he get any clearer? Brother Dave. So that's right there. You can't deny that. Well, what do you mean there's something else that makes it different? Pardon me? You what mean you there's something about? else that uh, can, you can argue there's something that argues that point? What point? What are you talking about? I mean, in other words, that's as clear as you could possibly get. Oh, yeah. He's the one true God. Jesus Jesus Christ. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, that's Can't deny that. That's right. Sure can't. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, these three are one. Okay? Not a Catholic doctrine, Bible doctrine. Just like we're an image of God, body, soul, and spirit. We'll get to that as we're teaching this year. Job chapter 14, Brother Chad, verse 10. Job 14 and 10. Yeah, this is a question that everyone asks sometime in their life. And uh, it's a great question. And I'm sure it runs through your mind sometimes. 
There's only one place you find the answer. It's in this book. Hey, by the way, one more. That's the reason he magnifies his word, little w, above the name of the Old Testament. Okay? That's the reason in Revelation, it tells you his name is the big W, word of God. Okay? That's the reason they're so close together. That's that's what the Bible says, not my opinion. Not my opinion at all. You read through the Old Testament, it says, He who knows his name, and this is his name. It seems like to me the Word of God just told you something. Whether you accept it or not, we'll see how prejudiced you are, whether you're a Bible believer or not. Okay? But so, let's get into this soul sleep business. Job chapter 14, read verse 10. All right. Job 14 and 10 says, But man dieth and wasteth away. Yea, man giveth up the ghost, and where is he? Good question. Man born, born in another place it says, Job says, Man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. In other words, we're born into trouble, problems. The whole book of Job is about why the righteous suffer and the wicked prosper. So man dieth and, and wasteth away. Now drop down and read verse 14. Verse 14 says, If a man die, shall he live again? Another great All question. The, Another yeah. great question. Well, that's the question of life. There's only one book that has the absolute final question, that has the correct answer. And it's the word of God that tells you that. it's a no-so book. It's not a guess and a maybe and a hope-so word. It is the only book that tells you straight up and down, little children, I write these things unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may K-N-O-W, know that you have eternal life. Do you know? Do you know you have eternal life? Yes, if you believe the book, then First John five thirteen. That's, that's exactly correct. That is a no so book. There's no the Analects of Confucius, the Bahaba Gita. Okay, none of the esoteric writings from India. The the, the triple basket, the Tripitaka, out of Japan. None of that. None of that stuff can tell you anything for sure. Only this book tells you for sure that you can know you have eternal life. Only this book. Not a hope-so salvation, it's a no-so salvation. These things I write to you, that you may know you have eternal life, and you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Anything else is a lie. Anything else is a lie. And it says, read verse 14 again. If a man dies, shall he live again? Shall he live again? If a man dies, shall he live again? Later on, Job says that he knows knows that one day that he's going to be in his body and he's going to see God. Even old Job knew it. He's going to see God one day in his body. 
that is in my body shall I see God. But he didn't have advanced revelation. That's the reason the Word of God is. It's a book of revelation. The whole book's a book of revelation. It was. It, it's God's gift to you. So you could know him not only through looking at the pretty birds and flowers and trees and the birds and the bees, but you can know more about him, his nature, what he loves, what he hates, who he exalts, who he detests, all found in the little W word. That the big W word is all about. If you love me, he said, Jesus did, the one true God, you will keep my words. WRDS, not doctrines, not opinions, not teachings. You'll keep my words individually. It's so strong that it that it's like some folks drinking Everclear. 190 proof liquor is so strong you can't steal, you can't get it down. Can't, you can't because you haven't been taught this kind of stuff before. You haven't been taught what the Bible says. You've been taught what the Bible is presumed to teach, see. That's the difference between a real Bible-believing Christian. Or I said a real one because I was telling Brother Chad or Brother Dave, some, I believe it was Brother Chad or Brother Sergio. One. There's a lot of people claim to be Bible believers. I don't yeah. It was Brother Chad, yeah. The, the uh, Seventh-day Adventists, they claim to be Bible believers. A That's lot of people way. claim to be Bible believers until it crosses their pet doctrine or their pet teaching. See, here we're Bible-believing Christians. We present to you what the book says, not what is it is presumed to teach. Because you can make the Bible just about teach anything. I, I know where to go and take a few verses and make it all right for you to do anything you want to do. I know where the verses are. Taken out of context, I can make it teach about anything I want to make it teach. Seriously, honest to God. I can take you and show you and make it all right for you to fornicate. I know where the verses are. Know exactly where they are. Go to the Catholic. You'll never know, but see, you'll never know what's right and wrong unless you read this book. Read it. Not just try to find out its teachings because it's a live book. It's a living, the living words of the living God. It li- if heaven and earth shall pass away, my words, uh, words, individuals shall not pass away. Eternal. It's eternal. And that bla- and, and whether you want to admit it or not, you've got some cognitive dissonance to what the stuff that I'm saying now. It rubs some of you the wrong way. I'm sorry. I'm not giving you my opinion. Or have you noticed that? You can't accuse me of giving you my opinion. So far, everything I've told you has been what the book said in the context of what we're talking about. 
not my opinion. And it's going to be the same way with teaching about the body, soul, and spirit. It's going to be what the book says about it, not what it's presumed to teach about it. So, the main, like I said, the 99% of um, mainstream Christianity teaches that you die. They don't know the difference between the body and the soul and spirit. Brother Chad, go to First Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Read verse 23, please, if you will. Let's see if I... If the Bible says that you have, there's three parts to you. First Thessalonians 5 and 23 says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. For I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can't get much clearer than that, can you, Brother Dave? No, that's good. Very good. I can't, I can't did three. <laughs> Can't get much clearer of that. Remember, <laughs> remember when the Lord said you shouldn't fear man, but fear him who can de- destroy destroy both body and soul in hell. Amen. You see, the word soul in the Hebrew is nephesh, nephesh, like flesh, carne, and the context will determine what it's talking about. The nephesh, the carne part. Just go and put, um, um, Brother Dave, you can go down to verse 19, I believe, is where we're fixing to go next. Uh, in Luke 16, verse 19, we're fixing to start there, so you can go there. Brother Chad, just uh-huh. go uh, um, pull up the word uh, soul. It doesn't matter. The, the first place it occurs is fine. I want you to read how there's so many different ways you can look at the soul the convolution that you have to be sure, pay attention to the context, what it says. Sure. Law of first mention goes right back to Adam. It goes well back to Adam where Adam became a living soul. I want you to read Amen. every one of those meanings, okay? Okay. That's the first occurrence. Uh, let's see, 753 times in the whole KJV. Soul. Nefesh. Properly, a breathing creature. I'm just going to go to Strong's instead of the... Yeah, I want you to go to. Well, they have a dumbed-down version above it, the outline of biblical usage. I like to use the strong straight up. Properly, a breathing creature, that is, animal of abstractly vitality, used very widely in a literal, accommodated for figurative sense, bodily or mental, any any appetite, beast, body, breath, creature, dead, deadly, desire, discontented, fish, ghost, greedy, he, heart, Party, path, jeopardy of life, lust, man, me, mind, mortally, one, own, person, pleasure, her, him, my, thy, self, them, yours, self, play, soul, tablet, they, thing, she, will, would have it. (laughs) (laughs) See, the soul is who you are. It's a it, uh, and I, man, do I hate to have to go to, to go to Hollywood for anything? But it, it, one of the the one of the most um, well, I won't even mention it now. I'll mention it later. I'll, I'll tell you if you want to see a uh, a rendition of the closest thing that 
according to what the Word of God says, the way things happen, the moment you die, I'll tell you the movie in just a, in just a few minutes. I'll mention it. If you, the closest thing to what the world, the way the world, the, um, the way the Bible lays it out, the way it happens when you take your last breath. But anyway, all the soul sleepers, they also, oh, by the way, go to, go to the Greek word suke. That's what the word is in the Greek in the New Testament, suke, Brother Chad, and read mm-hmm. the meaning. Read it. The, the, the soul is the ego. It's the ego. It's, the, you, it's who you are. The, in other words, you may have been around me, but you've never seen Don Spears. Chad's never seen Maureen. Maureen's never seen Chad. All she's seen is his carnal body. She's seen that part that is the flesh part. The carnate, carnivorous, that the, the carnal, it means flesh, carnal. That's the shell, the whole. You're on the inside looking out. Your soul's on the inside looking out of this dead of this corpse. If you're born again, it's a life. If you're born again, it's alive spirits and souls. If you're not born again, it's dead in trespasses and sin. But that's the reason Jesus said, no man has seen God. Brother Dave, look up that verse where it said, where Jesus Christ says, no man has seen the Father. Okay. But if, if you've seen whoever your wife is, your husband, you've, you've never seen them before a day in your life. All you've seen is what is, is their, the, hull, the husk. Because the soul is the personality, passion, the ego of the individual. The spirit, the spirit We'll define it in just a second. We won't define it. We'll let the Word of God define it. Like I said, we're going to see what the book says, not your interpretation of what the book says. So let's find out what the Lord said about this business about God, seeing God. I haven't found it yet. I'll go through the uh, Thayer's Greek lexicon, if you like. On the, it's in the book of John, I think. Um, I, I can't. I, I just know it says, "He that is seen, and uh, no man has seen God at any time." Should be able to look those words up and go right to it. Yeah, it's in John, uh, chapter six. That sounds about right. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, that's First John. No, John, the Gospel of John. But that's that's fine, verse 2. Doesn't it say no man has seen God at any time? Yes. Okay, now we should go to verse 2. 1 John what? 1 John 4.12. There you go, 1 John 4.12. No man has seen God at any time. Now we should go to the verse where Jesus out of his own mouth said, He that has seen me has seen the Father. Which tells you God, the essence of God is the soulish part. It's the soulish part. I think that's 14, 14, right? 
Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hasn't well, thou not... Go a verse above that, because I think it's one of the apostles asked him, Show us the Father. Philip saith unto him, Lord, shew us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me hath seen the Father. One and true how God. sayest the, thou? The one, the one true God. Yep. Mm-hmm. Amen. Go ahead, keep on reading. And how sayest thou then, shew us the Father? <laughs> See that, folks? Soulish God is the spirit. That, that's the closest thing you could say. He's the soulish part, just like man's body, soul, and spirit. You got God the Father, the soul. You got Jesus Christ the man. God manifest in the flesh, the essence of God. The essence, the soulish part, which God is the spiritual you no man has seen the Father, but if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, because Jesus Christ is the essence of God manifest in the flesh. Then there's the Holy Spirit. Go to John 3, Brother Dave. Okay. Read uh, the Lord's definition of the Spirit when he talks to Nicodemus. Okay. Jesus answered and said unto him, well, I'll read up for The same came to Jesus Christ by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old, can he enter the second time into his mother's womb? See that, natural, see that natural way of thinking, folks? See that pragmatic way of thinking? John's got a good... Oh, no, Nicodemus has got a good good question there. Go ahead, Brother Dave. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, capital S, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the spirit. So Jesus Christ likens the spirit to wind. Ezekiel 35, Brother Chad. Okay. I think I'm making it up. Uh, read what the, uh, Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel says about the uh, the spirit, the wind coming. He tells you it's when it says it's like it comes on the dry bones when it re- when it reaches oh, yeah. natural Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's right. Where are those bones? Okay. Um, 37, 4? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that'll do. Just where he says dry bones, just being he talks about the wind coming from the east or something like oh, that. Oh, did you say chapter 37? 35. Yes. 
37, verse 4. Okay, it may be oh, 37. I thought it was 35. Go ahead. Okay, yeah, yeah, there we are. Yeah, prophecy, prophesy. Again, he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. Breath. Numos. In the Greek, it's pneuma. Pneuma. That's the Greek word for 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 breath. It's spirit. It's air, like wind. Go ahead, Brother Chad. Yes. Uh, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you. And ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Uh Then said he to me, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus saith the Lord, God, thus saith the Lord, God, come from the four winds. O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. Ah, yes. Just mm-hmm. like wind. The, the defini- wind. So the Bible definition of the spirit likens the spirit to wind, like air. Like I said, it's pneumos. In the Greek, pneuma, like a pneumatic drill, It's a that's a drill that runs on air. Brother Kevin knows about a pneumatic drill. You guys do too, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Runs on air, runs on wind. When pneumonia. You know, when you got pneumonia, you've got breathing trouble. Mm-hmm. So that's the biblical, contextual definition of about the spirit. It's like air, okay? Like Jesus told Nicodemus, the wind listed with likens the Holy Spirit to the wind blowing around outside. You can't see it, but you can feel it. You feel the Holy Spirit. Sometimes, sometimes you don't, but he's there. He seals you to the day of redemption and remains in you and renews your mind every day. He renews your inward man every day. You hear me always tell you, let me give you another, let me give you a more worldly definition of how this body, soul, spirit works. You ever... I don't. Most of you people probably got ice makers, but if you know what an ice tray is, you fill it up with water, and then it freezes, and then you just crack the ice tray, and all of a sudden the ice is in the tray, but yet it's separated from the tray. Turn it upside down, it falls out, but it as long as before it's it pour, you pour the ice out, it's still, it's, it's still part of the tray. That's like the soul and spirit and the circumcision made without hands. Once that spirit, that circumcision, that operation of God, Colossians 2, takes place, your soul and spirit on the inside are like that ice in the ice tray that's just been cracked. Is that easy to understand, guys? Yes. Mm-hmm. Brother Chad, I, is, that, is that easier for you to get? Can anybody I, get that? I think that's that's a real good way to put it. Yeah. So that's the that and, and Paul told you, he told you you had a body, soul, and spirit, three separate, not two, not one, but three. And 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 
spirit and soul and body. He separates them with conjunction. You got that? So you're three. You're not two. You're not like the Presbyterian. They, they're dichotomous. They just they, they teach a spirit and a body. That's what that's, that's what they teach. Presbyterians and most everybody, especially this bunch, the bunch. Of, I don't even want to get on the crazy idiots, but that they they got no sense either. Okay. But the soul sleepers say that your soul, that part that cracked the loose, see, they don't have to have no idea. They, this is meat, folks. This is the meat of the Word of God. This is not milk. But unless you understand that you're a three-tiered thing, you're a three-tiered individual, one, two, three, again, body, soul, and spirit, then you don't understand you will never understand the true doctrine, sound doctrine in the Word of God. You'll never get it. Now, this is not my opinion. This is what the Bible says, okay? Jesus Christ himself says, fear not, don't fear man, but fear him who is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. Can't destroy the spirit because the spirit goes back to God who gives it. That's in Ecclesiastes. Brother Dave, look that up if you don't mind. I think you'll find it in Ecclesiastes 4 or Ecclesiastes 7. It'll say, say the spirit of the, the animals go downward and the spirit of man goes back to God who gave it at death. That's the spirit. That's the pneumos. That's the air you breathe. God breathed into Adam the breath of life, which was the spirit. Now, it... Grant you, when it came out of God's mouth, it was it, it wasn't just plain old air like comes out of the end of the thing when you pump your 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 tire up. It's different, but that's what it's likened to. It's the earthly way of being able to show you what it is. But um, if you don't mind, find that verse. And I guess it would be worth mentioning, too. So I didn't know they were teaching, like, body and spirit because you don't have the spirit unless you have Jesus Christ. That's, that, that's the Everybody canon blown out. spirit. Yeah, but it's yeah. dead. Yes, if dead and trespassed and sin, it died yeah. when Adam sinned. That's right. So it's like a, it's a candle, but it's got no flame on it. That's the reason through, through Proverbs, it body like a, when, you're, when the spirit of God's in you, it's like a light in a candle. I've used that as an illustration in the past many, many yeah. times. Yeah. Man, if your candle's lit, the Spirit of God's alive in you. Yeah, I got it. I got that somewhere. I, I figured it was from you. Okay, yeah. so 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 this spirit that's in us that's just dead that until you until you believe on Christ that's with all right. your heart and, and confess with it, your mouth. That's exactly right. Then the spirit is made alive and the spirit, the operation of God cuts the soul loose with the spirit. Therefore those two those two entities can never sin again. That's the reason, Brother Dave read all that verse the other night. That's in John. It said, he that is born of God doth not commit sin. Neither can he sin because it's separated by the Holy Ghost. By the, it is, matter of fact, it is a ghost, the Holy Ghost. That's why the King James says Holy Ghost. So, so I find that interesting that the, 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 the spirit is lying there dormant. Hold on, Chad. Brother Dave, yeah. Brother Dave, read that.
y'all guys must look up stuff different in concordance like I do. Uh, I don't know, maybe, Brother Dave, are you on mute, on mute Brother Dave? Yeah, Ecclesiastes 3.21 says, Who knoweth the spirit of man that goeth upward, and the spirit of the beast that goeth downward to the and, earth? There you go. That's what happens at death with the natural, talking about the natural person or the natural animal, when a beast, a dog, cat, bird, it has spirit in it because it breathes. It has to have the pneumos. Okay. I'm I'm, uh, I'm trying to think of the Hebrew word right off the top of my head. It uh, starts with an R. Oh, uh, ruach. Ruach. That's, that's ruach. It, yeah. That's the Hebrew word. That's the Hebrew word for the spirit in the Old Testament. Well, the spirit of any kind of animal spirit goes down. It makes you wonder where down, don't it? Mm-hmm. It's above, the, so below. The spirit of a human being goes upward. Okay? No matter if they're lost or saved, goes back to God who gave it. I find that part interesting. But the born again spirit, see, is mixed with a soul, is a different ball game. You all understand that? that easy yeah, because the soul and the spirit are now one. Are they're, 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 That's right. They're born yeah. of God. They're born of God. The soul is kept from ever sinning again, and it's redeemed. See, it's bought. Yes, it's it's, it's half saved. In other words, like I, I explained the other night to that person that says that they nobody gets saved till they uh, know they're saved till the end, and I explained and showed y'all what the Bible said about that. Paul tells you in Romans eight. Peter tells you in First Peter one when he talks about that salvation brought when Jesus Christ comes back. Is the redemption of the body. That's when the body gets saved. That's when you get a new body. The spirit and soul are saved at the time of the new birth with the operation of God. Brother Dave's got that down pat. I mean, he, he learned that completely. He can take, he knows right where to go to read it to you. So next question from me is the body, now since since when when we're absent from the body, we're present with the Lord. We, we ain't that's going there yet, Brian. Don't go there yet. We ain't going there yet. We, we're, that's when we're we're gonna we're gonna get to that in a minute. We got to finish this first. Let's stay in order. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. <laughs> right now, we're just establishing the threefold individual and 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 what they are. That's what we're establishing now. Okay. Sure. So we haven't done the body yet. What's the body? No, we we ain't got to the carne yet. That's the soma. The word in Greek is soma, and it's nephesh in the Hebrew. It's the carne. It's the car. It's the flesh part. That's where the word carnivorous comes from. Flesh eater. It's carne in the Greek. It's nephesh in the Hebrew. It's, that's the outer hull. It's carnal. That's when it talks. Paul talks about the. Um, the Corinthians and they're the carnal church. He's talking the reason it says they're a carnal is because it's they're fleshy. All they think about is what they can do for their flesh. How to make their flesh better. How they can do this for the flesh, that for the flesh. Even though the Lord and Paul both tells you that 
the flesh is no good. It can never be any good until it's born again and it's given a new, you're given a new body. That new body is a spiritual body. Turn, Brother brother Dave, go to Revelation chapter 11, and I'll show you something. Excuse me, Revelation chapter 6. And just start reading, and I'll show you about the souls under the altar. Let's watch. This is a, let's show you what a soul can do. A soul, okay? Suke. Soul. That's what it is in the Greek. Okay, Revelation 6, verse 3. And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth. All right, just drop on down to where it talks about the Lord and his souls under the altar. Oh, okay. The soul is the soul has teeth, eyes, ears, hands, fingers, everything, just like your outward does. Just just like you, this it, it is a representation, and it is actual. It's a spirit. You have spiritual mouth, spiritual teeth, spiritual ears, but it also it can wear clothes. We're fixing to find that out. Go ahead, brother Dave. Revelation 6, 9. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. Okay. Here you have the uh, opportunity to put soul in and uh, the soul along with the play was those that were killed. The soul didn't die, but the soul, the carnal part, soul did. See, it's in You can tell by the context. That's what I was trying to explain to start with in the Old Testament, but now I've done jumped to the New. Um, it, it, um, a lot of times, like in Ezekiel, it says, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. And it does, because sometimes the soul is talking about the body. Talking about the carne that talk, they're talking about in the New Testament. The carnal, the carnal part, Okay. Go ahead, Brother Dave. Which word uh, is car- I, carne again? I'm sorry? Carne, carne is Greek. That's Greek. For Nef- what? Nephish is the word most always, the most associated with the body in the Old Testament. Okay, so what is the word soma in the Greek then? Soma in the Greek is the body. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought you were talking about. Carne is, is what then? Carne is flesh. That's what it oh. means. It's, it's, it's flesh. Oh, okay, flesh. Yes. That's the reason the Corinthians were fleshy Christians. That's all they thought about is how to feed the flesh and take care of the flesh. That's the reason there was fornicators, drunkards, all that kind of stuff, and that's the, that's the carnal church. See, Paul called them carnal. said, I wish I could feed you with meat, but I've got to have to treat you as carnal, as fleshy Christians. Because Sorry, just, I'm, look, I'm looking for that word, and I can't find it. I'm seeing Sarks. I'm just looking for carne. Anyways. You ain't gonna find it in the English. I'm looking in the Greek. Well, go go to First Corinthians chapter two. Okay. That ain't got nothing to do with what we're doing, but we we'll, might as well go ahead there now. I I just wanted to, this verse here where we were in in Revelation six nine, and those souls 
of them that were slain for yeah. the word of God, they let, weren't let, sleeping. Let, yeah, let, let, they, let's they get cried this up, loud brother, voice. Let's get this cleared up, Brother Chad, first, okay? And then we'll go to bed, Brother Dave. Just hold that thought. No, that's okay. I'm, I, I'm done. I just... Okay, it's, I don't see flesh in chapter two. You're not just God. You're not going to see it. Get read oh, okay. where it says. I wish I could. You got the Greek and English mixed up. Are, are you? I'm making it where it's mixing you up. That's probably what's happening. Just yeah, I'm just go, trying to follow along. Okay, go ahead. Read so where, where he talked to the Corinthians, where he says, "I would talk to you about, as babes unto Christ. I wish I could instead of meat is milk." But as unto carnal, look up the word carnal. I did. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't find it there. Um, carnal came up as something different. What did it come? Anyways, up? I'll I'll look for it later, brother. It's it's not important. Go on. Okay, okay, brother Dave, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying that in that verse um, in Revelations chapter six. Yeah, to read the whole word. Read, read the whole thing. I'm going to explain it as you go through it. Yeah, okay, I'll start again. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, Okay, okay, so a soul can cry. Okay, got that down. Soul can cry. Go ahead. Yeah, they weren't sleeping, right? They sure weren't (laughs) sleeping, no. How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto them, every one of them, and it was said unto them that... Whoa, whoa, whoa. They were given clothes, right? Yes. So a soul can wear clothes. Right, right. Bodily shape. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He can speak. He can cry. And he can wear clothes. Continue. Right. Continue on, brother. Okay, that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. That's exactly right. And then about they're just they're under the altar. They're not in a grave. They're not in the grave. They're not in Sheol. Sheol and grave are not the same thing like the JWs teach. One thing, they're spelled different, okay? <laughs> Sheol's a place down in the, in the hollow earth, okay? And I'm not going to get off on that right now. We'll get off on that in just a little bit later. So, you say that a soul can wear clothes. Brother Chad, go to Second Corinthians chapter 5 and read the first five verses. I'll show you what the soul is given at the at the time of death. Okay. The temporary so this... covering called an orchiterion, and it has to do with, with clothing that soul so it's not naked when it's die when it dies. Go ahead and read it. First uh, Corinthians, I'm sorry, chapter two. First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, chapter five, first five verses. Okay. Ah. Uh. Sorry, this is like I'm I'm just all over the place here. I was looking so this rest the souls can rest as well, hey? Yes. That's so exactly they, what they did in Abraham's bosom. We're going so to get to that. So they get tired. Yeah, in Revelation six it said they would rest for a little season. Well that yeah, what it mean, what he's talking about there is just, just chill out for a while till I finish the plans. Just stop work, yeah, yeah, stop laboring. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. 
Uh, okay, so Second Corinthians five. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, okay, we have that a- means the earthly tabernacle is the body. If it's if it's if it's gone and go, it's dead and it goes into the dirt and it rots. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. If it were dissolved, we have a building of God. Okay, that building of God is the Orcaterion. That's the, that's this mysterious thing. It's a clothing that's given. Go ahead. Okay. You read it, it'll say it. Go ahead and read it. And house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon. Say there. Our, say there. Is that Orcaterion? Where's Orcaterion? Clothed. It's a building of God. Not oh. Don't even oh. worry about the Greek, man. I shouldn't even have said nothing. Go ahead. Okay, you and your Orcaterion. Okay, the house is the Orcaterion. Okay, so clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. Oh, so a soul can be naked too. See what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. And now you see why I make such a big deal about the Lord warning the Corinthian, the, the Laodicean church about their nakedness not be seen. And, and the judgment seat of Christ. The shame. See now why I mention that stuff? Because it's what the Bible says, not because it's my opinion. So the soul can be naked. It's clothed. God's got a temporary covering that he gives the soul at the moment of death. It's a temporary covering. Because later on, you're given white robes. And you know that because of Revelation chapter 19. It's called the righteousness of the saints. Not the righteousness of God, the righteousness of saints. One preacher puts it that when you're working for the Lord, you're sewing your garments to come back on white horses with. That's what one old country preacher says, okay? That's good. Continue reading. Yes. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Okay, Brother Dave. So you see the soul gets clothing. You saw that also with the souls under the altar that they can talk and that they can cry. Yes. And that they, they get robes given to them. Isn't that what it said, Brother Dave? Yes, and they were recognizable. That's exactly correct. They're recognizable. They sure are. Now go, now we'll see about this body, this 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 body that we get in First Corinthians fifteen, Brother David. Okay. Go to First Corinthians fifteen. And Brother Chet, okay. you go to Hebrews chapter 4. Okay. I want, you to go down, I want you to go down to where Paul starts talking about we have, there's a, that we have a spiritual body. Where he starts talking about bodies terrestrial, bodies spiritual, celestial, blah, blah, blah. That's later on. It's about middle ways down through chapter 15. I know it's 50-something verses, but it's about middle ways down where Paul starts talking about there's a spiritual body and a fleshy body, and a celestial body, and all that stuff. Go ahead. Okay, First uh, Corinthians fifteen twenty. But now is Christ risen from the dead, and become the first fruits of them that slept. 
For since by there's another place where you see sleepiness. See there, the the soul sleeps. They'll yank that verse out. That's not what he's he's not talking about soul sleep. That word is used in a in a way like it's just it's just this old fleshy body's rotting and in the grave and it's going to get put back together in a supernatural form. That's what's going to happen. We're, and we'll get to that in a minute. Go ahead. In reference, you know, Christ was risen from the dead. This was his body, soul, and spirit. And so what sleeps with us is our body, right? The only thing, it ain't even... That's the only thing that's going to be resurrected. That's exactly correct, because we'll get to that in a minute, too, brother. We're headed that direction. But, uh, yes, it uses the terminology of sleeping because it ain't alive, okay? It's dead, it's yes. dead, and it's rotting, and the worms are eating it, okay? Yes. That, that, and that, that's what the context of that word sleep means because he uses it in another place we're going to go to to answer your question you just said. Go yeah. ahead. He's using it in re- reference to the resurrection of Christ, and right. that's the only part that gets resurrected. Okay, right. verse 21. See, that's verse the reason it says Christ's body did not see corruption. We'll see corruption, but Christ's body didn't see corruption. It didn't rot. The worms didn't get it. It got transformed. And that's when he came out of the grave in a transformed body. You got it? You see what I'm saying? Yes. Okay. Well, his body was still in the tomb while he was uh, while he was on his, his body. That's exactly correct. That's exactly right. But his body never saw any corruption. That's correct. That's yeah. that, that's what the Bible says. That's not our opinion. The Bible says Christ didn't see corruption. The body that's right. didn't see corruption. Go ahead, Brother Dave. I'll go down further. Um, let me go down. Uh, verse 33. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to their shame. But some man will say, how are the dead raised up, and with what body do they come? Thou fool, that which thou stole. <laughs> Paul must be going to hell. <laughs> yeah. He just called somebody a fool. Oh, the Lord said it in Matthew. Yeah, he did. <laughs> don't, those people just don't have a clue. They don't know how to rightly divide the word of truth. Well, praise God, we have the Holy Ghost, and he's taught us that. Absolutely. We got a Bible that's got it, and none of the rest of them do. Amen. Go ahead, Brother Dave. Sorry I interrupted. No, no, it's good. Verse 36. Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened except it die. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bare grain, it may, it may chance of wheat or of some other grain. In other words, the body that goes in the ground ain't the same kind that comes out of the ground. Mm. Nice. Continue on, Brother Dave. But God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him. And, and, we, every... and okay, if we could stop right there. And you would see them. This is Bible study, folks. This is the way you study the Bible. We could stop right there. It is given anybody that pleased him. Well, how do you know what kind of body that is? It tells you in Philippians 3, 
and in 1 John 4. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, John says. Paul says, at the glorious appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, when he shall change our vile body, mm-hmm. and liken it, give us a body likened unto his glorious body. See, that's what Brother Dave's reading about right now. See, all three places talking about the resurrected, what kind of body you're going to have once this old body is that DNA rewrite I keep talking about is changed. Is that hard to understand? For some, I guess, but yeah. So so the body, when it comes out, our our bodies, when they come out of the grave, are just going to be different bodies like like Christ was, except... It's going to be just like Christ, except it ain't going to have no holes in it. Exactly. That's right. Continue reading, Brother Dave. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 38. But God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him, and to every seed his own body. All flesh is not the same flesh. All right. And now, now, this is important you get this, because this I'm, I tell you this all the time, and I never go and read it to you. The body that you have when you resurrected is going to be a supernatural fleshy body. It's going to be a supernatural fleshy body just like Christ was. It'll be able to eat, drink, walk through walls, dematerialize, fly, all that kind of stuff. But it'll be a flesh, but it'll be a supernatural flesh. Paul's fixing to explain it. Go ahead, brother. All flesh is not the same flesh. You got that? Whoa, whoa, whoa. You see? All flesh is not the same flesh. One flesh is the flesh that rots in the ground. That's that old carnal flesh. That's that thing you're toting around right now. Your soul and spirit are toting around a dead man if you're born again. Go ahead, brother. But there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another flesh of fishes. Oh, excuse me, another of fishes and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies. And bodies terrestrial. See there? There's celestial body. That's what you're going to have. Right now, you got a terrestrial body. Paul is eloquent Greek. That's the reason it's translated the way it is, because of Paul's usage of the Greek language. He was so eloquent in the way he talked. Go ahead. But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. Absolutely. There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars. For one star differeth from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. Bingo. So you understand now that it's a spiritual, but it's fleshy. He just told you that. It's fleshy, but it's supernatural flesh. You understand that, guys? Yeah, celestial flesh. Right. Absolutely, Brother David. Continue reading. 
There is another, uh, there is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. See, a lot of people think that that spiritual is talking about some will of the wisp wind blowing around. No, it's it. You in the context, it's the celestial fleshy. It's the supernatural fleshy celestial body that you get when you're resurrected. It's the body like Christ that it talks about. The two witnesses, Philippians 3 and 1 John. It's like Christ. You'll be, it can feel. It can touch. Okay? It can do every... It, 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 it has the sensation of this body that we have now, but on an exponential basis with no sin that I can't even... That there's no words that I can... In the English language to even describe it. How good. I have not seen nor ear heard nor entered the heart of man, see. I'm telling you, folks, it's going to be wonderful. It's clothed with that house of God, not made with hands, waiting on you in the heavenlies for when you die. We're going to get there, Brother Chad. Just hold on. Okay. I'm holding. We're getting to get there. <laughs> I'm waiting. Continue reading, Brother Dave. Verse 47. The first man is of the earth. Earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As it is, as is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Who is the heavenly? Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. A body just like he is, folks, just like I told you. Just like it says in John, just like it says in Philippians. Okay, that's now that we've talked about the flesh. Now we're, we're talking. We're, since we're talking about soul sleep, now go to go to Brother Chad. Go to First Kings chapter thirteen, chapter one, and read verse twenty-one. Let me show you what you see throughout the Old Testament. Now, Brother Dave, now I want you to go to Luke chapter okay. sixteen. And do remember that I have Hebrews four open. Okay, I know. Don't worry. Oh, okay. Yeah, since you've got it, since you're there, let's just go to verse twelve and let's see. Hebrews tells you there's a difference between the soul and spirit. Okay, that there that the three parts to you. Okay, let's just let Hebrews tell you the. Just get a third witness or a fourth or a fifth witness. Read Hebrews four twelve and let's see what the, that um this word of this little w does. Oh, four, oh, 4, 12, and 13. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Dividing what? Uh, soul and spirit. Two different things. See what I mean, Jelly Bean? Compared to the joints and marrow. That's right. There's three different things right there. That's the, that's the bone, that's the flesh. Amen. That's the spirit, and there's the soul right in one verse right there. Sorry, and guys. Sorry, soul sleepers. It don't work. Ain't no soul sleeping nowhere. Hey, brother, I just saw something the Holy Spirit showed me. Because soul and spirit and then joints and marrow, it's like how the soul and spirit are together is how the joints and the marrow are together, yeah? 
Yeah, and the spirit separates the two, spirit and soul, from the joints and from the flesh, the joints and marrow. Amen. But the marrow is inside the bone. Of course. The spirit would, the spirit would be inside the soul. That's exactly right. It's all it, it, it it's complicated, but it's simple. Yeah, the ice tray is the best way I know to do it, to tell you, see. The ice tray is the best way I know. The most sim- A child can understand that. There's a because question what, here. What, what, that ice in that tray, when it melts, it's not ice anymore, is it? It reverts no. back to water, doesn't it? Amen. It's frozen water, right? Yes. And when you crack it apart, it's separated from the ice tray, right? Yes. But the water is two different things. It's both soul, the ice, and water, the spirit. How much simpler can you get than that? That's pretty simple. Somebody, if you don't understand that, people out there, then you need to go buy you an understanding machine. (laughs) Now I want to show you where where these people that... Did Rome Exodus numbers? Did Rome Exodus numbers? Did Rome Exodus numbers? The Old Testament. I'm going to show you where they get what to get, okay? I'm going to show you just one verse. And it's all through the Old Testament, okay? Brother Dave, I, while Brother Chad's reading this verse, I want you to go to Acts chapter 2 and read where Paul says, David is with us until this day, okay? Just look up the word David in the book of Acts. It'll be in chapter 2, okay? That's all you'll have to do to find it. Mm-hmm. Okay, Brother, Brother David. Uh, was, was Brother David going to say something about a question? Were you? Yeah, there's one in the chat from Brother Pete about soul, but I'll read this first. Okay, go ahead, Brother, da- Brother uh, Chad. Read First Kings chapter 1, verse 21. This is where, this is what they want you to, Think about these soul sleepers. This is what they want you to think about. Go ahead, Brother Chad. First uh, Kings twenty one twenty one. Otherwise, it shall come to pass when my lord the king shall sleep with his fathers, that I and my son Solomon shall be counted offenders. Okay, see sleep with so see his soul sleeping there. He's asleep. He sleep with his fathers in the grave. No, we ain't. <laughs> no, we ain't. That's just the terminology used for him being dead. We're going to find out where he's at in just a few minutes. All right, Brother Dave, go ahead and read to him what Peter says about David. Acts chapter 2, verse 29. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. They'll, t- they'll try to hit. See, did it, did it say one word there about David was asleep in the, in no. the tomb? His soul was no. asleep. Every, every Seventh-day Adventist in the world will tell you that's what that verse says. Hmm. That's one of their proof texts for souls. Just, it, says, it says his grave is with them. That's exactly right. And his bones is with them, what was left of them. But David is no more in that tomb than I'm in that tomb. David is done came up, and Brother Chad, Brother Chad, while uh, Brother Chad go to Matthew chapter 20, uh, chapter 27, read verse 52 and 53. 
Let's see about some Old Testament saints that were sleeping with their fathers. Brother Dave, I want you to go to the song. In reference to this verse, did you also want me to read verse 27, which was two verses before? Go ahead. It, It says, Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. There you go, folks. I told you a while ago, in case you thought I was just making it up and it was my opinion. If you stay with me long enough, you'll realize that 80% of the time when I'm talking, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm quoting Scripture. And that hell there is Abraham's bosom. It's not a place of torment. So we're going, we're, we're going to go there in Luke 16. So just Oh, is, is that a fact? Yes. Oh, yep. Okay. He went through. He, where, where do you think your sins are right now? Well, they were they were left down there. Where do you think your sins are right now? Simple question. I, I need a simple answer. I think he took them down to the pits of hell and no, left them there. They're in hell. That's exactly right. He passed through hell. And okay, you, so as but, it, but what? But Jesus' soul went to hell. Or you're saying no? He dumped, he went he he dumped our sins in hell. Yes, that's what he okay. did. Okay, okay. So he never went in. He just dumped it dumped them in there. Yes. That's okay, and where we can, your sins are. That's where the whole world's sins are. Is in hell. Okay. Well, let's. Can you expound on that? And I get that because I've been hearing some people saying he went to hell, but he didn't burn. And there's some like, chapter no. two, verse two, brother Chad, go there. Okay. Because um, as uh, Christ tells you, as it was, as it as was, was a prophet Jonas. Right. Who he's talking about? Well, let's see what Jonas says where he went what he did in Jonah chapter 2, verse 2. Jonah 2, verse 2 said, And said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of hell, cried I, and thou heardest my voice. See there? Went through and dumped his sins and came out into Abraham's bosom, and he preached to the prisoners that were locked up and are going to stay locked up. Tells you that in the book of Peter. And Peter says he went in First Peter chapter three, preached to the prisoners in, that were in hell, okay, that were in then in the center of the earth down there in that hollow earth place that's separated with a great chasm. We're going there in a minute. We'll get there. We'll get there. So y'all just hold on. Okay. So he did go to hell. He went well, he had to, to dump the dump the sin. Yeah, okay, so he didn't, I'm just saying he, he didn't stand suffered, up. He suffered your eternity. If you hadn't got saved, he suffered in him. You can't understand it, okay, with a physical mind. He suffered in eternity in hell in a millisecond by dumping all the world's sins in hell by redeeming them, okay? Not no remission, redeeming. He yes. took away the sins of the world, and he dumped them in hell, and that was that sudden, whatever millisecond, minute, whatever you want to call it, that he was there. Yes, they had to be put in there. And for them to be put in there, he had to dump them in there himself. Okay? And he, yes, and he, Psalm 24, um, 7 through 10 describes these gates opening yep. up the That's everlasting right. doors to the king of glory. There. Absolutely. There's gates down there in hell. And Amen. it tells you that in Jonah. That's what we was reading. Out of the belly of hell cried I. And it talks about the gates of hell. And then he, that's the reason he makes reference to as 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 it was. Uh, he makes reference to Jonah. 
as Jonah was in the belly of the whale three days and three nights, so must the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. And he was. In the heart of the earth, if it, it ain't just a big molten bunch of lava, it's bunch of different compartments down there, folks. We've been read about some of them. That's why the hollow earth, that's why we're going in the book of Enoch. That's why we're going to bring out some of that stuff, even though the Bible talks about them itself, just in different places. We went over some of them in Ezekiel. Those apartment complexes, you know, for some of those guys that are down there, remember them apartment complexes in the pit? (laughs) Remember that? Yeah, yeah. In the See, tides, folks, if yeah. you read the Bible instead of listening to what some of these jackasses tell you and go read it yourself, let the Spirit of God show you what the Bible says, not what somebody's trying to teach you. See, everything I've said, the Bible says that. Okay? That's not my interpretation. That's what the Bible says. That's the difference in a Bible teacher... And a, and, a, and a wolf in sheep's clothing. I ain't giving you my opinion. All right? Not giving you my opinion at all. Go to First Peter 3, Chad. Yeah. Go read so, it. So, Pastor, the... Uh, um, First Peter 3. Yes, First Peter 3. So the Bible doesn't about, say... It just doesn't Holy say it. Brother, First Peter 3, start at verse 18. Okay. He led captivity captive when he went We're in. We're going to get to that shortly. Guys, yeah. we're going to get to that in Ephesians 4. I, I just want you to clear up this whole thing. Some people are saying that he, he burned for us. Oh, <laughs> no, that didn't happen. <laughs> doesn't say <laughs> no. that, right? He, he, there's nowhere does it say he burned anything. He dumped your, he, he bore your sins in his body. Yes. And he dumped them in hell. Yes. And then, I, and then that's it, okay? There's no that's, sitting there burning. That's what I thought. I just, There's okay, nowhere I just, in the Bible does it say that. That's, that's what I was asking because I heard some yonker say this the other day, that he went there and he burned hell for us, took our punishment, and I'm just like, I don't think that's in there. God, you know, it's not in there. Is that no, okay, safe? okay, good. That's why I brought it up because somebody's teaching that. That's the difference that. between what the Bible says and what people say the Bible teaches. Yes, exactly, because hell doesn't even burn until the lake of fire is tossed no, in there, right? It, it, this is pretty hot right now. Okay? <laughs> yeah, okay. It, it, it's right. pretty, it, it, the temperature, well, those people there and they wished it was turned down a little bit. I can't see. <laughs> I got you. All right, all right. All First right. Peter 3, First Peter three. then, 18? Yeah. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. Okay, that's all you need to read. It goes on and says, where even, even baptism doth now also save us. Not to put in the way of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good good conscience toward God. Yes, yes, yes. So, yes. But Brother Dave, now we'll go to Ephesians 4. Okay. And hit on that. Um, while you're going there, Brother Dave, Brother uh, Chad, will you please tell me the question that Brother Pete had? Oh. 
Yeah. Brother Pete, I'm not ignoring you, brother. This is a deep topic with a bunch of scripture. I, so don't when, think I'm ignoring When does the body receive the soul? This is, At this the, is, when does the body receive the soul? At the moment of conception. Or does the soul receive the body? The soul comes into the body at the moment of conception. Simultaneous. Absolutely. The soul and the body exist at the exact same moment. Bang. That's that's right because the Lord says he knew Jeremiah when he was in the womb. That's right. That's what the Bible says, not my opinion. And Jesus leapt in, or John leapt in the womb and all that such and such. That's, that's right. The soul and the soul and spirit are entered. That whenever, at conception, when life begins, the soul and spirit are, are there instantaneously. The soul, the, the mother, the breath the mother breathes, and God puts the soul in at the moment of conception. We know that because I just read it. We described the spirit as there, did we not? Did we yeah. not, guys? Okay. Yeah. As her, as the oxygen through the bloodstream. Man, I'm not saying you're. I'm not no doctor, but I'm just telling you how it happens. When the mother, the mother breathes for the child through the bloodstream, when that that since the spirit is like the wind, the pneumos, the God entered the soul comes in at the moment the first breath of that embryo takes place. And I'm teaching exactly contrary to what my Bible teacher taught me. Okay? Yep, that's true. He's pretty famous for that one. Yep, he sure is. And I disagree with him 100% because the Bible disagrees with him 100%. And he was a genius and I love him and all that stuff. But like I said, we'll stick with this book. Apples and oranges. That's right. First, first Adam is not the, the the babe in the womb. That's right. Amen. That's exactly right. All right, Brother uh, Dave. Ephesians okay. chapter 4. Uh, to start at verse 1. Uh, yeah, it's all good. Okay. Amen. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. That, that baptism there, people, is baptism of the Holy Spirit. Go ahead, brother. Amen. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. To the lower parts. You see that S on the end of part? There's different chambers down there. We'll get to that. That's where we're going in just a minute. Go ahead, brother. He that descended is also is the same also that ascended up 
far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Okay, so there's body, soul, and spirit. You understand there's a separation of the three. You know, if you don't understand now that there's three parts to you, you're never going to under you, something's wrong. You don't believe in what the Bible says. We know Christ went down to the center of the earth. We know that it has different parts. And now Luke chapter 16, verse 19, Brother David, start um, reading that. Brother yeah. Chad, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'd just like to point out one thing, too, here in Ephesians, there where it says he led captivity captive. Yeah, right. And he he descended into the lower parts of yeah. the earth. Yeah. And so he led these souls out. Well, we're going to go read about them, souls. That's the reason <laughs> Amen. we're going to read in verse 16. Yep. Right. And we're just seeing it again right there, another confirmation. They were down there. They That's were absolutely. living. They were alive. They weren't Amen. sleeping. Amen. Amen. Chapter 16, verse yep. 19. Yes, verse Luke. 19. Chad, there was go a certain... to, go, Chad, go to 2 Corinthians 5. Yes. Go ahead, brother. Luke 16, verse 19. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus. Uh, which... Stop. Stop. I, there's no parable. There's not a parable. If, if, if you go find me a parable... That, that uses proper names, then Brother Don will resign from my calling. Okay? Then God never called me to preach. I'm not saved. I'm no Bible believer. I'm nothing but a liar. You go find me a parable that says it's a parable where it uses proper names, and I will do what I just said. Okay? Then you know folks ought to have sense enough to know I'd never open my mouth like that unless I knew what I was talking about. There's this there's no parable in the in the Bible that uses proper names. That uses people's names. You got that? Nowhere. Nowhere that uses proper names. Luke chapter sixteen from verse nineteen is not a parable. It is a true story. Now we're fixing to find out about those people that were he went who he found out who he got down in the center of the earth. Uh, but before we do that, we're all we're going to get some a confirmation, uh, eyewitness confirmation of those people that came up out of there by Brother Chad in Matthew twenty-seven, verse fifty-two and fifty-three. This is eyewitness confirmation of those people that he brought up out of the center of the earth of Ephesians 4. We're going to get that in Matthew chapter 27, verse 52 and 53, Brother Chad. Okay, Matthew 27, 52, And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection. See, and it says they slept, and that's why these people teach that. 
That was the idiom they were using for death. And I'll show you that in a minute, okay, in a few minutes when we get there. We, like I said, this is a deep topic in this scripture. But, hey, folks, y'all realize that we're in the same context? We ain't, we're, we're not ripping anything out of context. We're staying with the context, and we're going verse by verse all over the Word of God, just like the Bible tells us to do, to give you knowledge and doctrine. Am I right, Brother David and Brother Chad? Yes. Yes, yes. So continue reading. Read it again. I'll tell you what, start in 25 and read down. I mean, not 25, but start in um, 55, 50 and read down through 53. Okay. And, like, I mean, I see where the problem is, coima, coimatose and all this and stuff and all that. But the graves, what's in a grave today? There's nothing sleeping in a grave. This is some sort of... Why is anybody even saying that? Yeah, I don't know. Why? 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 Why would you? Nothing is asleep in the grave. Yeah, unless there's somebody got accidentally buried alive. (laughs) That happens. Yeah. That that happens. That flesh is dead. It's rotting. It's corrupted. It's got. It's. It's nothing to it. It's nothing. Dust thou art, to dust thou shalt return. How much finer can you get than that? Uh-huh. Reckon that dust is sleeping? Somebody no. go wake it up, folks. Yeah. When you see that, when you see when you see those verses, awake, uh, ye that sleep in the dust and arise. That's using idiomatic speaking for the resurrection. Now, and even that, it's Old Testament. I've just showed you where the people are in the center of the earth that the Lord went after them. David's going to read all about it in a minute when we get up to it. But I'm giving you eyewitness testimony here of some of the saints. It says some of the saints that arose and walked around in Jerusalem. Go ahead and read it, Brother Chad. All right. It says, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake. And the rocks rent, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Folks, we get an insight into the supernatural speed of how God operates here that nobody ever stops to think about. How fast this took place. There must be some kind of stoppage of some, of some time element because Christ is done hit down there and loose the prisoners right after the ghost, right after he gave up the ghost. And there's at that time it happens it happens so fast. None of you caught it probably. There's such there there's a we can't understand that time element. We don't understand it. But it happened fast. Now, Brother Dave, let's read about the people that the Lord went down there. See if any of them sleeping. Okay, Luke 16, verse 19. There was a certain rich man, which was clothed in purple and fine linen, and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus. Okay, which by, the, was by, by, by the way, let me tell y'all something probably none of you know, and, and I'm not trying to be smart. 
But I've just done a lot of reading, and some of the church fathers say that that rich man was named Dodes, okay? Just thought I'd throw that in for you, okay? Yeah, can you spell that? Are you kidding me? <laughs> no way. <laughs> say it again. Dodes. Dodes, okay, yeah. I'll find it. Yeah, that's some of the church fathers say his name was Dodes. Definitely no parable. But anyway, I won't interrupt you for the time being, Brother Dave. Go ahead which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being okay. in torment. Now, now we see that in hell... That you got eye, that soul has eyes. Yes. Already seen that it can cry and speak, and it wears clothes. In other words, it's just like your its bodily form and everything. Just like you got a body, it's it can it can you can put clothes on it. It can speak. Remember in hell where he said there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yes. It also has teeth, and it's weeping means it's got eyes and it can cry. Now, how much realer is hell getting? Do you want to go? Will you want to go there? Continue reading, brother. He lifts up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus. In his bosom. Okay. He saw Abraham and he saw Lazarus over there. Two more proper names. And he said he see him afar off so they can die. Pretty good. That supernatural entity called soul must have pretty good power. But it must have, even in hell, he's able to see him across this great gulf it's fixing to tell you about in a second. But we know now that the soul has a mouth and it gets thirsty. How does hell sound to you now? Can you imagine being thirsty forever? How about this? How would you like to cry forever? You see why everybody wants this to be a parable now? even though the rest of the Bible just absolutely destroys any kind of thought of any parable. You know, the Lord talked about hell more than anybody else in the Word of God. I'm talking about the burning part of hell. Hell can be all-encompassing. Hell can refer to the whole body, the pit, the Abraham's bosom, and the burning part, and the abuso, which is the lowest... The, Hell has different chambers. There's a there's one hell that's the lowest hell. That means that there is a there's a place where the, the temperature may not be quite as hot. It says that the lowest hell is reserved for the hypocrites and the, and all those heathen Jewish liars the Lord talked about. 
but anyway in hell they're suffering torment. That's The soul can't die, folks. It's eternal. That's why everybody wants the soul to burn up to be annihilated. That's why everybody wants to try to change the word of God, try to make, they come up with these teachings, not what the Bible says. Because the Lord said that somebody that, that would just burn up, just that destroying both body and soul in hell, it's got nothing to do with annihilation. It's got to do with absolute unmitigated punishment. That's what it's got to do with. Can you read, Brother David? Yeah, and the rich man recognized Lazarus right off. Yes, he did. He, you know, he had a, some kind of body. Yes, he sure did, just like Peter, James, and John recognized Elijah and Moses yeah. on Mount Transfiguration. Continue reading. Verse 24, And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. So he's in the flame, and he's tormented, and he's thirsty forever. F-O-R. E-V-E-R. Everlasting punishment. See, hell's just a temporary holding place, folks. Why even hell's thrown into a bigger thing called the lake of fire? Revelation chapter 20. Think about that. See why people want to run and try to change the Bible? See why they want to steer clear of these, this, this kind of teaching? Bible's already told you it's a no-so book. You can know that you don't have to have any part of that. You, you that see that, that you you don't have to you don't even have to have have any kind of worry about that whatsoever. The no-so book. These things have I written to you, little children. You may know you have eternal life. And that you may believe on the name of the Son, uh, Son of God. You may know. You know if you got eternal life, you don't have to worry about hell. Ever. Not you folks. Not who I'm talking to now. Understand that I'm talking about now. I'm not going to go off and, and go into more division, but I'm just going to say I'm talking about now while you're hearing this teaching and preaching now. At this moment, under grace through faith, you don't have to have you don't have to have any worry about that at all. If you've obeyed the gospel or the elect of God, you have to not you don't have to worry about that whatsoever. Okay? You're sealed until the day of redemption when you get your new body. There is no new covenant yet, folks. There's no New Testament yet when this is going on right here. 
Go ahead, brother. You did know that. Anyway, we went through it the other night. The New Testament's not even in effect yet. That's why those folks are still down there. Go ahead, Brother Dave. Verse 25, But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And you know, I think of every time I go through that chapter 16, I think about the begging and pleading and and stomping and screaming and what all that I do would from the depths of my heart and soul to try to tell you that everything about this world is going to burn up and is gone and nothing you do in this world, all the pleasures of this world, all the things that you do now are not going to do one thing for you once you take your last breath. It's only what, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Lay up your treasure in heaven. Okay? Not on not on things of this earth. The Lord said that. Paul said, set your affections on things above and not on things of this earth. See? Just talked about it the other night. And none paid, no, nobody paid any attention to it. So excuse me, I take that back. Most of most of the ones didn't pay a little bit, pay a bit of attention to what I said, and I was telling you pure, straight, sound biblical doctrine, what the Word of God says about certain topic, and you ignored it. Rich man, don't know how rich he was. Probably had a nice house and had a nice family and got Christmas cards and sent, got bought Christmas presents. For, I'm just kidding now, but I'm not kidding. Probably had a nice horse, good saddle, good chariot, whatever. Probably paid his bills on time. Probably took care of his family. Might have been a good husband. Probably was. Loved his children to death. Loved them grandkids, man. They were the apple of his eye. You see, none of that stuff matters when it comes to eternal things, folks. There is no reward for taking care of your kids and your wife. There is no, there is not, there's not a, there's not even a hint. Because you're an infidel if you don't. You're worse than an infidel if you're a Christian and don't do the normal things you're supposed to do. I'm talking about what's done for Christ. I'm talking about the things like we talked about the other night. Abraham just told him, hey, you guys had your stuff while you were here on earth. Only one life will soon be passed, folks. Only what's done for Christ will last. And I'm telling you, see, you ought to be begging more questions on what to do. You done been told, been told over and over and over. And you ignore, ignore, ignore. How do you know that? You're judging. Yeah, I'm judging. Of course I, of course I can judge. <laughs> of course I can judge. 
just like if you if you were had my calling and were in my position, you could judge too. <laughs> it ain't got nothing to do with judging. It's got to do with fact. And you got to answer. You ain't going to have to answer to me because it ain't got nothing to do with me. It's to the Lord do what you're going to give an account to, not to me. It ain't got nothing to do with me. It's about the Lord. And most of the world's crazy anyway, and if you, if you can try to justify, and the crazy and, in, and, and the mentally insane try to justify their way out of it over and over and over again. When I tell you, if I make a statement as strong as I make that you can't afford not to do something, you better know, I know what I'm talking about. I would never let those kind of words come out of my mouth because I don't want to be a castaway, see. As great a preacher as Paul was, he said he had, he kept his body under and he did the things he said, at least though he preached to others, he himself become a castaway. See, I don't want to be no castaway. I don't want to be naked at the judgment seat of Christ. I don't want my. I don't want to suffer that loss. That's going to be bad news when that fire tries that or those works for reward. I don't want. I don't want no part of that. Even though I know I'm going to get some of it, I don't want the full load of that stuff. I don't want to be found naked. And I don't want to be ashamed. And I don't want to go through that in front of my brethren. But yes, I can judge. I surely can. And it's not me doing the judging. It's the Word of God. Because I told you what the book said. You've got it read. What else can you say? Excuse yourself right on in with a rich man. Help yourself. Or excuse your, or make excuses right on in to the fire and suffer loss. Or make excuses right on into the nakedness and shame of Revelation chapter 3 to the church members in Laodicea. Go right ahead. This is about Jesus Christ and you. Continue reading, Brother Dave. In verse 26, and besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. So there ain't no getting no reprieve once you're on one side of that gulf. You there. You bees there. Wherever you are, there you is, as nigga says. You sure do want to be on the right side, the Lord's side. You want to be with the Lord when that last breath is taken. So now let's find out what actually happens at the time of death to a Christian. Now, under the new covenant, under the blood of Christ, during the time of grace through faith. Brother Chad, Second Corinthians chapter 5, and start reading about verse Get started, verse 1. Okay. 
Second Corinthians chapter five. For we know oh I love this. Yeah, we read this already. Yeah, yeah but we did For know. we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Let me, here, let me make one comment. Nobody slept anywhere. This earthly house, if this body's gone, then the soul has got a place in heaven. It's, it's covered in it. ain't in no grave. That earth, that that building of God is not dirt. <laughs> that building of God, that tabernacle, after you, if this earth, that earthly tabernacle is dissolved, if this body is dead, then it gets it's got a building of God instantaneously. Not waiting at no time of judgment. It's instantaneous. We're fixing to find that out. Continue reading. For in this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. Ooh. See, there's that nakedness I'm warning you about. Go ahead. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened. Not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. That's the down payment. See, that's the salvation of the soul and spirit. That's the earnest of our inheritance. That's the earnest of our salvation. That's earnest like earnest money. It's down payment. That's half saved. That's what it, that with the redempt, the complete redemption has not taken place yet. Just your soul and spirit has been cut loose and can never sin again, like it says in John, and which waiting to be clothed upon, Paul says, with that tabernacle when this body dies. That's what the tabernacle is talking about, that's the body. Go ahead. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that. Now, where it well, says we're always what? Confident. Y'all got that? Confident. Seventh-day Adventists, we're confident of this one thing. Go ahead. Knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Right. When you're here in this body, you're absent from the Lord, but keep on reading. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing, rather, to be absent from the body had to be present with the Lord. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. No intermediate time spent anywhere. The, and now I will mention that Hollywood movie, just for a little levity in such a serious topic. I don't know if any of y'all ever saw that movie, Ghost. Oh, yeah, the... Uh... I haven't seen. I can't even remember any names. But I think and, and, so. Yeah. If you, that is the closest. It's got the guy that dies and his soul's running around and nobody can see the soul. Is he's just the and that's the closest thing. And then it's got well, the bad guy. Hell, come. He gets taken to hell. He weighs. Both souls got two dead people there. Both are souls. One's taken to hell. And the angels come, and one's taken to glory. That's the closest thing, rendition I can give you 
of using something worldly to illustrate something spiritual. You know, it says in Hebrews chapter 2 that the angels are ministering spirits to those that are heirs of salvation. Probably a couple of angels at the time, prob- probably, don't know this to be true. Do know, I know that, prob- I know this, that those ministering spirits, those angels, those men, young men, 33-year-old males that appear as men, they can take any form, but they appear as men all throughout the Bible, probably take us immediately to be with the Lord, probably instantaneously. It could be a um, few seconds, milliseconds, no telling. The body's not plain. Paul just says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Can you get any clearer than that, guys? Plain. Oh, that's it's good. there. Yep. He's confident. We we are confident. We are confident. We're confident of this very thing. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. As long as you're in this body, you're not with the Lord. Because the Lord's seated at the right hand of the Father. But when you're absent from the body, like Paul was, when he got killed, when he got rocked to death, he went immediately, was caught up, to the third heaven. Doesn't, Paul doesn't say there was any kind of time period that took anything in between. He was caught up to the throne. He was caught up to the third heaven. Whether in the body or out of the body, he couldn't tell because he saw he had hands and feet. He could see it was his soul. Just like I said, you see, you never have seen me. You just saw my body. I've never seen you if I've lived with you 40 years. I still ain't never saw the real you. The real you is your soul, your ego, your ego, your essence, and the spirits from God. And if you're born again, you have a live spirit. And if not, you're dead in trespasses and sin. Simple. Paul said he had a just keep on reading the whole thing, brother, because it's going to hit the judgment seat of Christ. Just in the context of everything I've taught, I've been teaching y'all so far tonight, in the context, I brought the judgment seat of Christ because it's in this context. Go ahead, keep reading. Okay, so uh, this verse here, wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. Yeah, stay in fellowship with him. Do the right thing. Do right. Whether present or absent, is that mean like dead or alive that's what it means so what so when we go we, we're not just going to go up there and sit around on stools okay I, I, that's what that means okay i was thinking something else that makes sense okay yeah so we're always working for them yeah or, or, amen okay hallelujah Whew, boy i didn't want to just sit around on a cloud playing harp all day looking like some stupid uh no there's no, talk, no there's no talking with aunt Susie and playing a harp going go on nope sorry oh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad that's a relief. Okay. Verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body. You see, that's the thing Brother Don talking to you about a while ago. That's not my opinion. Do you understand? That's not my opinion. The companion verse is second is first Corinthians three eleven on for the next four or five verses. Not my opinion. This is what the Bible says. 
facts. That's not, it's not what the Bible's teaching. It's a fact. It's a doctrinal fact is what the Bible says. And the reason some of you can't do what you're supposed to do is because the Spirit of God don't dwell in you. That's why. Because you can't even understand it, much less believe it. Because the natural man can't understand the things of the Spirit of God. It's foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, for they're spiritually discerned. And if the Spirit of God don't dwell in you, you're not spiritual. You are fleshy and carnal, and you're dead in trespasses and sin. A dead thing don't know nothing. That's another verse that the soul sleepers use. In Ecclesiastes, it says the dead know nothing. That's in Ecclesiastes also as well. Solomon says that the dead know nothing. Well, according to Jesus Christ, they did. See, the Word of God's advanced revelation. As you go through, you get start getting more and more revealed. Paul had it all dumped on him. Peter didn't even understand it all. Peter didn't get it all. Paul did because it was given to him. All the, the whole, all chapter three of Ephesians is all about that. How the mysteries were not given to anybody in old times gone by. They were they were kept secret and that were revealed unto Paul. That's what the whole chapter is about. And Paul's revealing stuff right here that Peter, he couldn't quite get it all. Don't believe me? Brother Chad, go to Second uh, Peter chapter 3 and start at, read verse 15 and 16. Second Peter 3 verse 15 says... Yeah, and while he's doing that, Brother uh, Dave, I want you to go to First Thessalonians chapter 4. No, yeah, chapter 4. Second Peter chapter three verse fifteen, and account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. See, it was given unto Paul. Go ahead. As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures, unto their own destruction. You don't understand, Paul? You'll never understand this book, folks. You'll never understand it. I've said it a million times. I'll say it a million more times. You better get your fanny out of Matthew Acts and Hebrews. <laughs> yeah. You better learn them epistles because that's where it's all. All that weird crap is explained. All these false doctrines, this soul sleep bull, all this junk, all this. Well, I forgot the word that person used about prelenient grace or some kind of something or another. All that junk. They don't. The Paul. They don't understand the epistles. Paul explains all those mysteries. They were given to him, and bless Peter's heart, he had a—he was man enough to own up to it. He had to go to Jerusalem 
and they said in Acts chapter 15, and hold a council face-to-face with Peter and the rest of the apostles to try to explain unto them the salvation of the grace of God. And finally, James had to come out and say at the end, Brother James, Mr. Faith Without Works is dead, had to come out and say, well, we see now that there's we're only there's only two or three things that, that you need to remember that we want you, you folks other than Israelites to do, or you lost sheep or whatever, is, abstain, is to don't be worshiping idols, abstain from idols, and things offered to idols, and things strangled in blood, and fornication. Don't do none of that stuff. If you do this, you do well. But Paul, understanding all of it, his epistle just rips and roars with all kinds of commandments and do this and do this for the Lord and do that for the Lord. If you don't love the Lord, you're anathema, maranatha, and on and on and on and on and on. That's why y'all don't like Paul. That's why a lot of people want to stay in a transition book from the Old Testament to the New Testament, which is the book of Acts, where you got people getting saved five different ways. Five different ways they received the Holy Ghost in the book of Acts. Five different ways. Ain't nobody under the sound of my voice ever got saved according to Acts 2.38. Remission of sin, God has been remitting sin since the very beginning. In one place, Paul talks about he winked at stuff that they did. The word remission only occurs four times. You got that? It occurs four times and not one time, not one place where it occurs. It occurs in Romans 3. Acts chapter 2, Mark chapter 1, and Matthew 26. And everywhere it occurs, it never has anything to do with anybody's sins being taken away, being redeemed. Nowhere. In the Old Testament, they were remitted through remission by the blood of bulls and goats. Jesus Christ redeemed us from all that and took away our sins finally and forever. Remember that big scope I talked about the other night where the sins of the world were cast away, were taken away? That, that's the big deal. That's the big thing, the blood of Christ. Took away all the sin. If you're not in on that, you ain't in on nothing. You're dead in trespasses and sin and headed for hell just like a greaseball bearing. Plain and simple. Remission never has had anything to do with taking away your sin. Remission has to do with just forgiving them for a period of time till they could be redeemed by Jesus Christ. And like I said, it only occurs four times. 
the word remission. And I gave you the references. Don't you believe a word I said? Don't you take? Don't you believe a word I said? You go read it and you look at the context and see if I'm lying to you. And nobody under the sound of my voice ever got saved according to Acts two thirty eight. You couldn't find grace through faith plus nothing in, in, in Acts chapter 2 with a sin machine. It ain't there. Because the myth, Paul hadn't even got saved and hadn't got the mysteries yet of the gospel of the grace of God. Five different plans of salvation in the book of Acts. Five! And everybody wants to try to go there and get their sound doctrine. Give me a break. You arrest the scriptures to your own destruction. Brother Peter was man enough to own up to it and tell you that. You better listen to him. You better listen to him. First Thessalonians chapter four, brother Dave, start at verse eleven. Okay. Verse eleven. And that ye study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you, that ye may walk honestly toward them that are without, and that ye may have lack of nothing. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. Oh, see and there? They must be asleep in the grave. <laughs> That's where they'll get to. They'll stop right there. Seven-day Adventist, Doug Bachelor. They'll stop right there. This is what they'll tell you. Go, go ahead and read it, Nolly. I'll tell you what they, the way they teach it in a minute. Right. Not with an old statement what the Bible says, I'll, but I'll tell you how they teach it. Go ahead, Brother Dave. Okay. That ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Now how could he bring them with him if they're in the grave? Hmm? <laughs> I'm just asking the question. <laughs> You see the conundrum, Chad? You see the the conundrum they have? Yes, yeah. How in the world could God? How could the Lord bring them with them if they're if they're asleep in the grave? What does their get around machine do there? Their get around machine says, "Well, actually, you're asleep to the point where when you wake up, Christ is going to just be there, and it's going to be like you was absent from the body and present with the Lord." That's the way <laughs> they get. That's their get around machine. In other words, they didn't tell you what the Bible said. They told you their opinion. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense. There is no sense to it whatsoever. Continue reading, Brother Dave. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. 
Absolutely. That old dust, those dust particles are going to, that DNA rewrite is going to instantaneously take place, and they're going to rise first, and then, what does it say? We which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. Isn't that what it says? Yes. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Isn't that what it says? Yes. Amen. I thought that's what it said. They'll lie to you, folks. They'll lie to you. And some of you that want to try to get you a get-around machine to get around the judgment seat of Christ and think there's just one judgment, let me show you how ludicrous that is. Because I know that some of you can say you don't want you don't want to pay no attention to the doctrine that I was talking about a while ago. Go to First Corinthians five, brother Dave. Okay. Who's who's talking that nonsense? Oh, I know. So I know what people think, brother. I ain't been in the ministry for all these years for nothing. I know how people try to get around stuff. Okay. Okay. They want to try to make there just be one general judgment. They don't want that. We'll see whether they're saved or lost. They don't want the good. They don't want the treasure in heaven. They don't want to have to obey the Pauline epistles and obey the commandments of giving, of doing, of treating your brother even better than yourself. They don't want none of that. See, they want a general resurrection where their works, whatever they are, uh, outweigh the good, and then they get to go to heaven and be with Aunt Sue and swing all for eternity on the swing set out in the yard. Oh, that's an adult fairy tale if I ever heard one. And that's what they believe. That, that that's uh, that, of course they don't b- believe exactly that. That's just uh, putting it all in a big bucket. That's about the size of it. Well, it's not too big. So yeah, and y'all that don't believe in the bema seat because that's what it is in the Greek. It's that's it's to, the things that spelled different aren't the same. By the way, in case you didn't know that, mm. the great white throne judgment and the judgment seat of Christ are two different judgments. Let me show you why we have to be judged first. Christians are judged at the judgment seat of Christ. The body of the the elect bride of Christ and the whosoever wills that get in during this time of the dispensation of the grace of God. That's what the Bible says. That's not, I didn't make that up. That's what Paul says. He calls it the dispensation of the grace of God that had to be explained to Peter, James, and John. Even John had to be explained to him. That was a mystery that was given to Paul. Since Israel rejected Christ in Acts 7 as a nation, he had Paul called out Paul in the very next chapter and sent him on his mission. Since Israel didn't want him, he sent Paul to get the folks that would accept him and would did want him which included the lost sheep of the house of Israel and the whosoever wills. Go ahead and read that, brother. Uh, starting at verse 1. Huh? Or do you yeah. want? Okay. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles, that one should have his father's wife, and ye are puffed up. And have not rather mourned that he that hath done this deed might be taken away from among you. See why Paul called them carnal? Why he says they're a bunch of reprobates? 
because they was they no, it was all about the flesh, all about doing what they they wanted to do. I've done ran, ran it on this church enough. Gene Scott, you think I'm bad, hard on the Corinthians? Doctor Scott used to rip them all the time. Woo, I mean he would he ripped them with some big word bad, bad words too. <laughs> yeah, I heard that today. Big time, actually. big time. Yeah. Go ahead, brother Dave. Verse three: For I verily, for I verily, as absent in the body but present in the spirit, have judged already, as though I were present concerning him that hath so done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together, and my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such an one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Yeah, the man's saved. But if Paul said him to deliver him over to the Lord, let the Lord kill him, get him on out of here, because he ain't no count because of what he did. But the guy repented and got right, and Paul in chapter 2 of Second Corinthians said, well, you know, don't go so hard on him. Since he's repented, I'm giving you the Spears version now. It's not what the Bible says. This is what it says, but what it don't say. It says take him back in and trade him as a brother, Least he be overcome with overmuch grief. That's what it says in Second Corinthians two. But don't believe me. Go read it for yourself. Okay. Now go to First Corinthians six. Read the first five verses. Okay. Verse one. Dare any of you, having a matter against another, go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? Now watch. Watch it close. Now watch this close. Go ahead. Do ye not know that the saints shall judge the world? Okay. How can you judge the world if you're if you have if you haven't been judged yet? You can't. If the, if we're going to judge the world, we're not only going to judge the world, we're also going to judge angels. Go ahead, brother, keep on reading. And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that we shall judge angels? See that? How much? There you go. We get judged at the judgment seat of Christ first. Then in Revelation chapter 20, when them demonic angels that fail come up for judgment, well, we're going to judge them. And we're also going to judge the rest of the world after we've done been judged. See, our, our, we were judged at Calvary. In other words, when we were born again, we became sinless. And then we're, our works will be judged at the judgment seat of Christ, and all the bad stuff we did will be burnt up. And we'll, everything about us will be perfected. That's when the, we'll be the perfect man. Then we'll have the body like Christ, and then we'll be able to judge because we'll have his mind. Paul says, know ye not, ye have the mind of Christ. And we will at the second part of our salvation with the redemption of the body. Then we'll be able to judge the world and judge angels. But we're judged first. At the judgment seat of Christ, that's where we get our reward and our inheritance according to the things done in the body. Two witnesses, 1 Corinthians 3, 2 Corinthians 5. 
sound doctrine in the mouth of two witnesses. No soul sleep, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Paul didn't sleep when he got his brains rocked out. He went straight to be with the Lord, and then the Lord sent him back. <laughs> he had one of those after-death experiences like you hear about. They talk about near death, of those people that die and come back, you know. If what they say lines up with the Word of God, you can believe it. If if, if, what, if they say lines up perfectly with the Word of God, you can believe it. Some of it's true. If it lines up with the book, if it don't line up with the book, you can throw it in file 13 because it's a ball-faced lie. Because the Word of God is truth from the beginning and all of His righteous judgments endures forever. Is that pretty plain, guys? Yes. Y'all have any questions about a soul sleep? No, there's. Uh, I got three pages of scriptures here that I can uh, just look at them and uh, let the Bible say what it is. And it's, just it's one, clear. One, one, uh, and brother Dave, go back to Second Samuel and read them. The, the uh, read them about old Sam coming up out of Abraham's bosom, where he was down there resting. You know, they drank water down. They drank water down there. You did catch that a while ago. Mm-hmm. So they must not be asleep unless they're drowning in water. You know, there's water down there because the guy, the rich man, wanted a drink of water. Did y'all catch that? There's well, yeah. water. There's water. There's nobody sleeping. They're resting. Remember there's water on the Lazarus, other side of the gulf. Lazarus was resting, and Abraham was resting. There wasn't nobody asleep. There wasn't nobody sitting down there sleeping, dreaming around. I don't know what all goes on down there. We'll find out um, maybe, possibly, if it be true, some of the things that, that have that go on down there when we critique the rest of the Book of Enoch. But, there, yeah, there's water down there because the rich man wanted Abraham, Lazarus, to dip his finger in the cool water and, and touch his tongue with it, see? So though there, those folks down there, they drink water. There's water down there. They drink it. Just like Jesus in his glorified body ate fish and, and drank and ate and everything after his resurrected body. Y'all see that? Does that does all that is that my, is that all clear to y'all? Yes. Yeah. Any questions in the chat room? I don't see any questions. Uh, just in case, let me give you one more reference on the on sewing some clothes to hide your nakedness. Go to Revelation 19, Brother David. Read about where the Lord, when the Lord comes back, on we come back with Him on white horses. Clothed in white robes, which is the righteousness of the saints. Like that old country preacher said, with so some some folks don't know ever learn how to sew, and they're going to be in bad shape. That and I'm I'm, I'm saying both S O W and S E W.
Revelation 19. Yes, verse 6. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. So there we're already with the Lord, and we're all we're all set up. We've done been judged, and they all of our old stuff's burn up, and we've got our rewards and everything. Keep on reading, brother. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. Ah, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Garment sewing. Keep on reading, brother. And he saith unto me, Right blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. Oh, I thought it was just the old heretical yelling of a southern country redneck. According to the Bible, it's the true sayings of God. Read about him coming back in the big W and the Word of God. Read that, brother. Okay. And going down here to verse 11. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God, capital W. There. I've got that. Keep on reading, brother. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goes that sharp. word, though? That remnant was white and clean, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't it say right above that that our garments are white because of the righteousness of the saints? It's our yes. robes. That's exactly right. What the book says, folks. That ain't my opinion. Keep on, brother. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. That's kicking butt and taking names. When I'm always talking about when the Lord comes out, lowly Jesus, meek and mild, born, and everybody likes the um, sweet Jesus laid down his sweet head. You know that song. Everybody likes all the Christmas songs and little baby Jesus in the manger, and nobody likes to talk about this Lord that's going to kick butt and take names. He was he was the lowly Nazarene, the meek and mild Jesus that forgave everybody and healed the sick and fed everybody and, and healed everybody and everything and just was absolutely sinless and passed the test put upon him by Satan himself on the Mount Temptation. He passed the test by quoting Scripture and flat there told you that man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of, the, out of the mouth of God shall man live. But in Revelation 19, with the time when all the time when it's over, and it's time for the time of Jacob's trouble to be over, that sky is going to part, 
and after we've done been judged at the judgment seat of Christ, and we've got our garments on, which is the righteousness of the saints, white and clean, we're coming back with him, and we're going to get to mop up with him. We'll get to kick a little butt and take names too. And then it tells you about that great white throne judgment where I saw the heavens fled away and a great white throne. Go read that to them. That, that, that's the one most people, everybody knows about. Read that one to them, brother. And we're sitting right there with him, judging the world and judging angels. Read that to them. It's in Revelation 20. Behold, I saw a great white throne. And him said, read that to him, brother. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them. And judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. There's your millennial reign. That's uh, those judgment was given unto them. That's us. We're ruling reign with Christ for a thousand years. Some will get different cities. Some will get five cities to rule over. Some ten cities. Tells you that the Lord tells you that in the Gospels to the good stewards that sowed. S-E-W, and sowed, S-O-W. Y'all believe this stuff? You mean you really believe this? Sounds like a fairy tale, don't it? See why why lost people have trouble believing stuff like this? You see why the allegorizers want to do what they do? Sounds so fairytale-ish, doesn't it? The prince coming back to save the the woman that's tied on the, the old mean man, the old hook-nosed man's tied the the pretty princess on the railroad, and here comes the train barreling down the track, and, 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 and the man on the white horse comes back and saves her just in the nick of time. There's nothing new under the sun, folks. Every plot ever written by man comes out of this book. Comes out of this book. Revelation 20, brother, reading about the judgment. Yes. And I, uh, Verse 11. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and the death and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. And they, death, they, 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 these folks thought that their good works was going to outweigh their bad. Even in the millennium, law of the house, all that stuff. That's right. Their works are judged to see if they come out on top, if their name gets written down. But it ain't got nothing to do with you because you're judging. Remember, you're going to judge the world. You're going to judge angels. 
our judgments done took place. Surely you can count one plus one is two, folks. Surely, to God, you got that much spiritual sense. Go ahead, brother. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. There you go. There's that lake of fire. And death and hell's cast into it. The, the false prophet and the devil and the beast and everything staying there. says their torment does go, it goes on forever and ever. And the ones whose names are not found written in the book of life, they're cast into that lake of fire. Can't have nothing to do with you. You done been judged. Your, your judgment, like I said, once you trusted Christ, you're, you were given the righteousness of God, and you're perfect on the inside. Your soul and spirit's perfect. That old body went back to the dust at the resurrection. The ones that are alive and remain get a new body that's going to be just like the body that comes up out of the ground. That's re, that genetic rewrite when the graves open. That's the first resurrection. And only the ones that go up at the first resurrection... When the Lord comes by, second death has no bearing on you whatsoever. That's what the Bible says. It can't touch you. It even says on these, the second death hath no part. Doesn't it, Brother David? Yes, it does. Read it to them in case they think we're making it up. That'll be in the previous chapter. Out in the disc down there, close to the end of the chapter, chapter 19. It'll say this is the first resurrection on which the second death hath no part. Second death's only mentioned one time in Scripture, folks, okay? Revelation chapter 20. Yeah, verse 5, I think. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection, and such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Absolutely. That's us, folks. That's us. The only other place the second death is mentioned is in Revelation chapter 2, verse 11. It's on the other places mentioned. We're in the first resurrection. That's the resurrection Paul talks about. It's the one we read about tonight. That body, soul, and spirit will be just like Christ. We'll be trifold. We'll still have a soul. We'll have a body like Christ. And the spirit, all three will be eternal, spotless, and sinless, just like Jesus Christ. And then all that third of heaven that fell with Lucifer, 
that whole third will be reunited. That the complete host of heaven will be back together because we're that the the, the bride is that third that fell, and we're going we, God when God gets all that third back. That's when the time of Jacob's trouble. That now this is my opinion. Okay, this is my opinion. Did you hear it? I said, this is my opinion. I'm not saying this is absolutely doctrinally sound. But my opinion is the last, when the last elect takes his last breath as part of the bride of Christ, and that third has been replenished, that fell with Lucifer, that's when the time of Jacob's trouble will start. That's my opinion. That's my Teaching, okay? That's what I believe. I didn't I didn't say that's absolutely slammed down doctrinally true. Now did I say that guys? Didn't I say this is my opinion? Yeah, but I thought your opinion was more that, that when that last person gets saved because some of us have that. Well that's hope. true. Well that's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly that's, right. Not the last breath of the last one, but the, the when that last one bows down and, and Christ. Same difference. Same. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And that Revelation 21 has the second death in it, too, just so you know. Yeah, I said. It's because it appeared twice. Revelation 20 and Revelation 2. And 21. It appears in 21 also. Well, kick my butt and call me Charlie. It sure does. It, don't, it, it appears more than that. It appears four times. That's right. And maybe five times, because I think Eutychus just died a second time from that third floor balcony, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's funny, yeah. But, uh, but that's my opinion, folks, okay? Because that third has to be replenished because the restoration of all things has to take place. Peter even mentions that. He calls it the restitute, restoration of all things. And that replenishing of that third of the rebellious angels has been taking place for a long time. And that'll be us. That's the bride. That second death on which you don't have anything to do with us whatsoever because we're priests. You can go to First Peter chapter 1. David didn't read the first three or four verses. I just you... fell out the window. There <laughs> <laughs> it is. What was that again? First... <laughs> That's funny. Just fell out the window. Go to First Peter chapter one. Read the first four verses. Okay. And I show you these the priests and kings. And it, like he just got through telling you in Revelation, he told you for a thousand years we are going to be priests and kings. Okay, and rulers. Paul's done told you we're going to judge the world and all that stuff. First Peter one, first four, four or five verses be good enough. And just it'll first take one. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept 
by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Keep on on reading. Okay. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season it need be, ye ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom, having not seen, ye love, in whom, though now ye see him not, ye believe, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow, unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. It may be 2 Corinthians, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, where he calls us kings and priests. Is it 2 Peter? I may have got the chapter wrong. Uh, Uh, it's, ooh, isn't... A holy priesthood. We call it a holy priesthood, a royal, a royal priesthood, a holy oh, nation. Yeah, right. Right. Peter's freezing up. Wait a sec. Is that in Revelation, Pastor? What did you say, brother? Was that in, in Revelation? I'm just yeah, trying there, to... Peter, Peter calls us that as oh, well. Oh, it's in Peter, yeah. Oh, okay. It's in Peter. Yeah, it's First Peter 2, 9. Okay, read that to him. But ye are chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should chew forth the praises of him, who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. Amen. That's enough for tonight. Does it say we're supposed to put on a funny hat that looks like a fish, too? (laughs) No, not quite. I think blue jeans and cowboy boots will do just fine. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) I think blue jeans and cowboy boots will do just fine. I like it. If there's no questions, Brother Chad, dismiss us in word of prayer. Yes, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this study tonight, Lord. Uh, We pray that it be received by the Holy Spirit of everyone here, Lord, and that um, you give us the understanding that that we really grasp this, Lord, and that we're able to digest it in a way that helps us read your words and understand your words and and your character and and what you've revealed to us through the scriptures and even um, in a more profound way, Lord, that we'd be able to know you and 
and go to you tonight in, in, in fellowship and, and confess our sins to you, Lord. And, and we ask that you, that you, that you remove our sins and, and show us the un, you know, the unrepented sins that we need to show to you, Lord, and, and bring us into fellowship with you, Lord. If there be any, any good to come out of this, let it be that we get to know you better and closer, Lord. Yes, Father. For we know that you made us, um, you made us in your image, Lord. And we've learned tonight that we are the three in one as well, Lord. And we thank you so much for quickening us with the Holy Spirit and separating us from this flesh, Lord, this time so that when the Father sees us, Lord, he sees you. And we Good thank you so God. much for your precious blood, Lord, that has cleansed us. And that when we get to put on those white robes, Lord, that we're just, we're riding with you. And that's going to be such a great time, Lord. But until then, you know, it's beyond our imagination. But until then, we're here and we have a purpose. And you put us here for a purpose. You've pulled us out. You foreknew us. You've selected us. We're here, Lord. We love you. You're our king. We're your servants. Yes, Lord. And just guide us, help us in every, every, everything, Lord. And it's just, we really thank you for being able to, to assemble and to spend this time learning your words, Lord. That's just, I know for, for myself and Brother Don and Brother Dave and many of us here that it's, it's our favorite part of, of living, yeah. <laughs> really. Yeah. That we can gather around your perfect book that you've left us, that you've brought to us, that you've made happen so that there's no excuse. And we thank you for the love and the passion that we have to open it every Every day, Lord, not just the three times a week, but every day we open it up and we digest it and we're just, we ask that the Holy Spirit do a good work. You promised you would finish that good work you started, Lord. And uh, we know that you cannot lie. So we thank you, Lord. And we look forward to the next time that we are able to do this and hope everybody gets, we pray for everybody in our assembly and everybody in the body of Christ that we don't know, Lord all those members of the bride, all those members of the body, all the whosoever's, Lord, that everybody's prayers be met according to your will and that your will be done here on earth. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your precious blood and your finished work at Calvary. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Folks, suffer now. You suffer now and you rule later. It, it, it ain't about living now and Living, living now and later. It's not about having a good time now and having a great time later. I'm sorry. I, no, I'm not sorry either. After what he did for us, it's an honor. It's an honor for the trials and tribulations. Paul told us that in First Thessalonians. He said, that the sufferings and trials and tribulations now are just a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that we may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God. Did you know that? you realize that? You know old Peter got it? He wrote two chapters on it. Chapter 4 and chapter 5. First Peter. Paul just expected you to get it. If we suffer with him, we shall also reign with him. Isn't that what it says, Brother David? Yes, it does. That'll be Second Timothy chapter two, folks, in case you don't believe it. 
And he qualifies it by saying this is a true saying. Love each and every one of you. God bless you. And Lord willing and health permitting will be here Sunday. I may be gone Monday. I'm not sure yet, but I may. Brother Steve may come back over here and get me and take me over to his house for Monday and Tuesday. I'm not sure, but we'll just have to wait and see. I'll know by Sunday night. You guys, give me a call. I love each and every one of you and pray for you. And may God's grace go with you and give you all a good night's sleep. And I hope you dream about the judgment seat of Christ. I hope that it would get get more real to you day by day. Because if we live our life daily in light of that judgment, we'll be just fine. It's when we get out of line and don't live our life in light of the judgment seat of Christ, that's when the old whipping rod comes out. That's when he has to lay stripes on our back. Whomsoever he loveth, he chasteneth and scourges every son whom he receives. Love you guys. See y'all Sunday night. Lord Good night. Good night, everyone. Amen. Good night, everyone.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.